Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Welcome to episode 52 of Running Matters. My name is Matt North. I'm joined by my co-host Paul Hadfield. How are you today, mate? Yeah, good, Matty. How's uh, the ankle feeling, mate? You're back An- on track? Yeah, ankle's feeling good. I'm running again, so it's nice to be back into it. Good. And to good. celebrate, I've, I've had a long lunch, so if I seem extra sloppy, it's because I'm sloppy. <laughs> no big run this morning, just a few beers. Uh, I got out and did a couple of little runs, okay. but I've had more beers than running. More, <laughs> more beers than Ks, let's just say. All right, it's quite a ratio, mate. It's a balance. That's good. That's good. Balance. And you signed up six-foot track. You ready yeah, to go? Yeah, yeah, very excited. So... <laughs> Six foot track, do it again in March. Fantastic. So uh, we'll get the we'll get the group together and we'll all do it. It's very exciting. Are you throwing out big predictions like sub four hours, or are you just gonna you know take it one day at a time? No, I've still got egg running off my face, so I'll uh, no predictions at this stage, mate. All right, watch this space then. Watch mate. this space. Our special guest today is Lachlan Danzy. Thanks very much for giving up your time, Lachlan. Oh, thanks for having me on, guys. Good to see yeah. you, mate. Good to see you too. How you been? I've been great. Yeah. Fuck, you look fit. Oh, well, I'm actually, right now, I'm actually probably the least fit I've been in, in ages. Like, I had my last race um, of the year two weeks ago, and up until that race, was eating really clean and training hard, and then as soon as the race finished on the way home, you know, McDonald's and pizzas and back on the beer. So, um, I reckon in the last two weeks, I've probably put on five kilos and just, you know... Lost a bit of fitness. So. Oh, it really looks like you let yourself go. Yeah. I feel like it. You look terrible. I'd be wearing a singlet to work too if I was that. Fucking hell. You could do a fine calendar on the way home. Uh, we'll talk about fine calendars later, actually. Good. Yeah. So uh, we should thank our partners, Renala. And we've got some news with Renala. Yep. We've got the new shirts in and new singlets in for the ladies. And? And the most important, stubby holders. Beauty, great merch. It's a good thing. Great merch. And save the date, 14th of December, 4pm at Ranella. Yep. It's a catch-up, beer... No, run. Run first. I always mix it up. Run, <laughs> beer, pizza. And then 20% off at Ranella. Yep. Great, great combo. Get on down, 14th of December. Yep, perfect. And who else are we thanking? Sydney Brewery, yep. and we're drinking the... Glamoramas. Glamoramas always get it wrong. Delicious. Fantastic. How long have you got before you go to work? Oh, I won't say. We'll just (laughs) see what happens. Yeah, yeah. good. No, I do have to. um, I do have to teach a a class tonight, um, but it's called. It's like a yoga class. Mm -hmm. So a beer beforehand actually probably helps your flexibility. So it's probably a good thing to do. So um, so it's actually not bad. Okay. and so, you, like, we shouldn't go to a listener question so early, but uh, Lisa Aldo and, and Sarah Tapp, sounds familiar, uh, they want to know uh, what classes you've got on this afternoon and uh, if you could do an extra stretching session. Well, it's, yeah. With your shirt off. No, 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 no. This, uh, you don't want to see that. Like, it's just, well, tonight's class is a, um, is a body balance class, but if you took your shirt off, then it's just... It's just annoying because you know you're sticking to your yoga mat. And it's, yeah, it's not good. It's the worst. When I mean, you do you're the, the crunches, you're speaking and, from experience. You know, or? well, if you if you lie on 
I have like lay down on a yoga mat and you know when you're doing like the sweaty workout and your shirt's off and anytime you try to do the sit-ups you just keep making those fart sounds so you can't you work. can't do that without a shirt on you can't do like Pilates sort of core work it's just nah, like, from experience I've found it's, it's terrible it so, doesn't work I'll take your word for it so no yeah uh, Goo Energy Guy in the Allied Health Fractal Running Caps uh, and we should thank Jimmy Carroll for doing the editing behind the scenes. Should we mention why we're at Guy Marillard Health doing the interview before we move on? Because we're drinking it out of tube? Well, we aren't yet, but no, I was, I was more thinking that a tree fell through this studio mm. through the week, so yeah. thankfully no one was hurt, but um, we've had to move venues. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, um, Sitting yeah. around the, uh, the old treatment bench. Yeah, that's right. It's a good spot. It's good to be here, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting excited for the attitude chamber. Yeah, mate. It's coming. Coming soon, February 2020. Mate, we'll get you out there. Like, yeah, no, nah, it yeah. sounds awesome. Anything to get a bit fitter, mate. Yeah, so, definitely, definitely. Yeah. The system works. So, anyway, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, good. I will go find Evie. Go find Evie okay. then. Find Evie. I'll find Evie. Yeah, good girl. So, Lockie, tell us uh, what your sporting background is, mate. So, um, lately, the last few years, most of my stuff has been in um, obstacle course racing. Um, there's been a bit of everything over the years, so I've done some um, uh, trail running, I've done uh, CrossFit competitions, um, a couple of weeks ago we were doing a competition called the F45 Playoffs, which is a 10 minute circuit, um, but mostly the obstacle course racing, and I'm probably known in obstacle course racing as a longer yep. distance specialist. Um, I have done a lot of the shorter ones and, and I've gone pretty well in the shorter ones but for some reason people always think of me as a long distance racer yeah. um, in terms of you know just the last couple of weeks so last two weeks ago that last race I was talking about that was the Spartan Ultra um, 50k race and that was my last race of the year but in comparison a week beforehand was the F45 playoffs which was a 10 minute circuit so mm. uh, we went from a 10 minute circuit one weekend to a 6 hour race up the mountains carrying sandbags a week later so it's a bit of everything but mostly the long distance obstacle course racing that's so you, it's varied, that's amazing yeah so you had a pretty good outcome of that F45 you won it? Yeah, so we won We won the team. So Who, who was in your team? So we had, uh, I had Ryan Dorohy, who, you know, he was um, down down shy away a few years ago, but he's a, become a bit of an eastern suburbs boy now. We lost him. Oh, no. And then oh, yeah. another another guy called Sam Coven, who he um, works out at F45 at Burwood, and then another guy called Aaron Kidd, who's from F45 in Gladesville. So we were actually probably a little bit different to all the, the other teams that we were spread out. Um, our team was called Fit After 35, because I know I'm an, I'm an old bloke, and I don't know if they, they named it after me, because I think some of them were pretty young, but they called it Fit After 35 anyway. Um, and so what actually happened in that event is... Previously, with the F45 playoffs, you could either do individual or teams. And then this year they brought a rule in that you could only do one or the other. So we got together and we said, look, um, if we do the individuals, we will probably get the top five amongst the, the four of us. You know, I'm probably sitting about, if I look at my scores, probably about fourth, third, fourth or fifth. Um, but the top two guys were, were another step up. And F45 were paying pretty decent prize money. So it's like, look, we could get a good payout pay here, a good prize money if we put a team in. 
and, and have a go at that. So in the past, you could do both. You could do both individuals and teams, mm. but the new rule this year was that you could only do one or the other. So, <coughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the prize that you guys won was 25 grand. That's right, yeah, so not bad. Not bad for cleaned a 10-minute circuit. Yeah. You guys cleaned up? Yeah, yeah. So, so is there good. any guilt associated with having a stacked team? No, not, not when they put the money in your bank account. There's no guilt. It's yeah. like, it's um, it's you know, it's it's definitely Ryan talking about Ryan's like had spoken to me said, oh, we should do the individuals. We should do the individuals, but you know, because he wants the glory. But um, I'm happy. I'm happy to take the prize money over the individual Bloody glory. Yeah. So. I don't know, there's, you know, it's Christmas coming up, so, you know, <laughs> this is wants a new iPhone, so... Yeah, no guilt whatsoever. You know, no guilt at all. And so, so you... But it, it's still, doing the teams is still still a hard event. It's not, um... An egg you, know, you know, it's still, you're still doing the same 10-minute circuit and you're still battling against other teams. But yeah. um, in the final, you go individually against the other team. And I guess our team was a little bit stacked. We, we did win 4-0 in the final. But um, but you still got to work for it, and it's still still pretty hard. So no doubt, yeah. Glory's everything, Dad. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. glory's okay. What do you reckon about a North team to challenge them next year, Wolf? <laughs> <laughs> Throw it in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I can pull off five chin-ups. Yeah, we'll talk about push-ups and chin-ups in a sec. Yeah. But uh, so, like, how did you get into this uh, obstacle course race in the first place? I believe you came from sort of corporate world yeah. and sort of yeah. moved from there. Yeah, well, so corporate world was a long time ago. So we're talking 20 years ago, sort of after high school, I'd worked doing accounting and did like the business degrees and all that sort of stuff. And sort of mid-20s, I then spent about um, five years you know, being in that corporate world had lost the plot. So then spent five years travelling around the world and, you know, worked at ski resorts and taught English in Japan and worked at summer camps and came back to Australia and um, didn't want to go back into the corporate world. So started doing uh, personal training. Um, That's where I actually first met Matt up at um, Loftus TAFE many, many years ago. Um, Teaching? Teaching you or...? Yeah, yeah. I think... Well, I'm pretty sure you were one of my teachers. I'm not sure if it was like... I'm uh, pretty memorable. Yeah, I, I, we had... There were lots of different teachers there, but, you know, it's like, no, it's like, I'm pretty sure you were one of my teachers, but not one of the main ones. Not one of the good ones, yes. but... Anyway. No, no, he was like, you know, he was so good, he only needed to teach us occasionally to, to impart his yeah, wisdom. You only needed a small amount of that. Gets yeah. Right. yeah. I'm offended. Move on. But in terms, over those years of travelling around the world, had done, you know, different races and nothing really serious because, you know, when you're travelling, you're sort of, you know, you're sort of not really in one spot. You're sort of... But every now and then would sign up and do a different race. Um, 2008 was probably where I started doing competitive stuff and that was it was two weeks before the North Face 100 which is now Ultra Trail Australia a friend of mine messaged me and because that was the first year of it being run it wasn't like now where you need to sign up six months in advance and you need to be online at, second and you know the second to do it so you could actually sign up two weeks beforehand and so um, so we signed up and I think before that I'd done maybe a half marathon as a, an organised race and I'd done different, you know, long hikes and long runs, but I'd never done an organised race of more than a half marathon and um, started, went up and did that and for the first 
50Ks, I was feeling awesome. I think I was actually in the top maybe 10, top 15, and went obviously way too hard. And I remember coming up Kadumba Pass. It was probably probably around the 85K mark. And um, I had actually done the first, you know, the first 85Ks at a good maybe 10 to, I don't know, 10K an hour pace. It wasn't, you know, maybe not that fast, but all of a sudden the body just hit the wall. And I just... It, got to 85Ks, you know, running like a decent pace, and then from 85 to that 89K checkpoint, that 4Ks, I think, took me about an hour and a half. I just really? hit the wall. Crying. Actually, oh, I ended up getting um, getting a stick out of the bush and just had to use a stick as like a walking stick, just dragging my ass up, up the hill. <laughs> and it wasn't actually until someone had run up, um, they saw me just as a, an absolute mess, and they gave me a bottle of their flat Coke, and I had absolutely no idea on race nutrition or flat coat. What, what, what are you doing? But anyway, he gave it to me. He said, have a bit of that. So I had a bit of that, and it was amazing. It just gave me that extra pickup, that extra buzz, and I got going yeah. again. And I actually upset that person because once I got that second wind, I actually <laughs> then caught up and passed it again. Sorry, mate. But, um, <laughs> but then from there, signed up and did a lot more races. My very first obstacle race was actually based with someone that you've had on the show before, Brendan Davies. Friend of the show. So, um, so Brendan Davies, it was called the Tough Bloke Challenge. Oh. And Brendan, uh, this is back in the end of 2008, and Brendan's um, rung me up like a night or two before the race and said he had an extra ticket. So someone had given him an extra ticket to this Tough Bloke Challenge. So we went down there and, um, and it was, it was yeah, it was great. I loved it. So um, me and Brendan were running together. He would... He would pull away from me a little bit on the running legs and then we'd get to the obstacles with the, the monkey bars and I'd sort of pull back and get a bit closer or overtake him and then he'd pull away from me at the, um, at the end. And we ended up, at the end, we, we got right, we basically had the same time when we got to the final mat. Uh, he did get his foot in front of me though, so I've got to give him second place. There was another guy um, who actually beat both of us and I think his name was... Uh, Stuart something I'm trying I don't know where he was from but um, but yeah me and Brendan got second and third in that race in a in a tight endeavour and so from then on Brendan obviously kept going on with the the trail running and every time I saw him seemed to lose a few more kilos and got skinnier and skinnier and faster and faster and he shrunk too oh he's oh massively I used to know Brendan um I knew Brendan like 20 years ago. And he was six we, foot back then. Oh, we, I tell you what, he, he, he was probably the same height, but um, we lived together in, in Bundina and, um, you know, he had a... Oh, a I was going to ask you how you knew him. So we were back, in the, back in the day, you'd have a few beers and that was, I mean, that was back in the, you know, when you're in your 20s and you're sort of partying a bit harder, but... Um, you guys but, were going wild, weren't you? I wouldn't say going wild, but um, but probably, you know, we were, we were actually... It's funny, you know, you think 20s, oh, that's where people are a lot fitter and that sort of stuff, but we're a lot fitter now than I think we were in our 20s. But yeah. um, well, yeah. It's a black hole, Bandina. It is a black hole, and, yeah. yeah. My no, brother moved over there, I haven't spoken to him for about oh, 15 years. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it is a black hole. Yeah. But I think it's got his own mushroom farm. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So, look, you, you've had uh, an amazing list of sort of wins and, and, and incredible results. So, multiple Spartan wins, F45 champion, second in the world's toughest mutter. And then, I believe, just this year, the 
OCR World Enduro Championships, 24 yeah. hour. Yeah, so the, um, this year and last year, the OCR World Champions, they, they, Championships, they actually had the event here in Sydney. In so, Portland area something? Uh, up in Portland. So it was um, it was very lucky for me in that it's on your, on your home ground because a 24 hour race... Um, half of the battle is just, you know, preparing for it, travelling to it, mm. and um, and having it here in Sydney. So it gave me a massive advantage straight away. So the actual World Championship event for the four years prior to becoming the World Championship was the Australian Championship. Okay. And so I had won it four years in a row, and then that's when the OCR World Championship organisation said, OK, this event, this Australian True Grip, 24-hour enduro race this is now going to be our world championship event mm-hmm. and so for the last two years i've been lucky that um that it's been on my home ground and i know that course better than anyone yeah. uh, and so we've had a couple of people come out from overseas but um but it's hard i know when when you travel a few years ago i went overseas and i did a race called the world's toughest mutter mm-hmm. and i just know that jet lag and, and all that sort of stuff if you're doing a 24-hour race it just makes a massive difference so mm-hmm. um so uh, the the big American guy, the big American name that came out this year was a guy called Trevor Psychos and Psychos. Um, yeah, so he's got the good name Perfect. for it. Did that, um, do you reckon he changed his name? I don't know actually. I don't know. It's it's actually spelled C I C H O S S. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't Psychos many years ago. Maybe it was like Chicos or something. And he's like, no, no, it's pretty much Psychos. Um, I don't know. I think he doesn't look Spanish, but maybe it's a good name. Maybe it is. It's a pretty good name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need a stage yeah. name for you, like. Yeah, oh, I don't need a stage name. <laughs> That's no, power. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Do they call you the Beast? Is that a real thing? Oh, there's uh, there's in the Spartan. Yeah. Um, there's there's different distances. You've got one called the Sprint. Yeah. Which is up to which is five to seven k's, and then you've got the Super, which is ten to fourteen k's. And then around the 20k mark, they have the Spartan Beast. Okay. And over the years, I've managed to win that race probably more than anyone else, so yeah. that Spartan Beast. So, so you are the Beast. Well, I, that's that's the race that I've probably won more. So <laughs> I, I'm going to run with it. That's good. Yeah, that's good. What's your stripper name? Oh, come on. Isn't that, isn't that like you've got to take your... The pole? Like, your your related, first letter or something. Fire, 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 yeah, so fire. It's, it's got to be like... Inferno, firefighter, no, something, <laughs> you know, spark, spark. sparkles. That's perfect, mate. Can you can you explain to us what the uh, World Enduro Twenty Four Hour event look like? Yeah, so what it is, it's a um, it's a, a, a lap is around uh, eleven, I think eleven and a half kilometres, um, and it's in a valley. So you run along the valley, and then you're going up and down sort of hills on the side uh, as you do this eleven k course. There's probably, they, they probably say there's about 30 obstacles per lap, but there's probably, let's say 20 obstacles, because 10 of those obstacles may be like just a short wall or, you know, a tree that you've got to jump over. They're not really obstacles, but probably sort of 20 to 30 obstacles. Um, the, the tough ones are the sandbag carry. You've got to carry it up a pretty decent hill, and they put in a, a, a heavy sandbag. Um, What's the weight of the sandbag? It depends on if it's raining or not. If it's dry, it's probably about 15 kilos, but after oh. it's been raining, you know, because it's all filled with sand and the sand gets wet absorbs and heavy, it. absorbs, it probably gets up to about 20 kilos, 20 kilos. in the rain. Um, the, the hard thing about the sandbag carry is that as the night progresses, 
the track that you're walking up gets very slick and muddy and you're sort of sliding and there's no way of running it. You're on your hands and your knees on the crawl up. Oh, really? It's that steep. It gets... Well, it's it's not that it's that steep. It gets that slippery from the mud. So it does get quite muddy. Is is Um, your choice of shoes important? Definitely, 100%. So I've I've experimented with a bunch of different shoes over the years. So I've used... um, For for the the races, I've used the Innovate Talons Mm. a few years ago. But the last few years... Um, I've been using the VJ Sports, um, which is uh, a, a shoe that um, I'm Matt Murphy down in Bright. He wears down in Bright. I've tried Salomon's as well. So different shoes over the years. but And, and in the 24-hour race, I always start the first couple of laps with a very thin, very you know um, high-traction shoe. And then we'll move to a to a more cushioned shoe because as the night progresses, your feet get swollen. It becomes quite heavy. So I've run in, in hocker speed goats before as well. Yeah. Um, you just need that extra cushioning um, in Salomon Ultra. So I mix it up with the shoes. And I think when you're doing those 24-hour races, you it's amazing. You, you will wear a shoe, you'll go trail running. But when you're doing something like that, you're running through dams as well. Yeah. So your feet are always wet. Um, you know, you get blisters in different spots. So I actually probably changed my shoes two or three times in one of those 24-hour races. What's, what's the hardest thing, if you had to say, this is the one hardest thing about, is, is, it, is it just being awake for the 24 hours or is it I, a particular event? Is it, is it having wet shoes? Well, in, in that 24-hour in that race, it, it actually it changes from year to year. So a few years ago, it was really flooded, and there's a, a thing called the Mud Mile. This year, the Mud Mile was was a mud dirt track. It wasn't, you know, it was dry. It was, you know, you could run it. Um, but a couple of years ago, I remember two years ago, we had like a month of rain, and then the it was up to your waist deep, and you were in that for an entire mile, just wading through this muddy water. Mile. And, and that was just, oh, it was long, and everyone's just hip flexors were blowing out, mm. um, and and so that that was one of one thing. The another year, the weather was so cold, um, you have to run in a wetsuit because you do in the race, you've got to swim across dams and you get wet quite a lot. <laughs> so just being, you know, getting used to running in a wetsuit and being able to keep move. Moving and would you do the whole course in the wet? Yeah, so through the night. So I the first couple of hours. So the race, um, a couple of years, the race has started at midday, and sometimes it started at two p.m. So you can usually get you know a few hours out um, before it gets dark, and as soon as it gets dark, that's when it gets cold. So for the first few laps, I'll run in just you know a singlet and shorts, and then as it goes on dusk, uh, merino wool shirts and and then when it starts to get into the later night, so probably from, you know, from 10 p.m. to, to 6 a.m., that really cold time of night, that's when I'll put either a, a wetsuit or, you know, just at least a wetsuit top on just to be able to regulate the temperature. Yeah. Um, and so that's for a lot of people, that's that's probably one of the biggest obstacles, just trying the to be able burning. to manage manage the, the cold. Yeah, the um, But the other thing is with that is you don't want to get too hot. So people put their wetsuit on too early, and then you get you're sweating so much trying to run in a wetsuit then you know that's going to bring on the cramps and all that sort of stuff so much quicker so being able to manage that temperature and you know layering and I always will you know will throw something around my waist as well as I run um, is, is probably one of the more important things 
a lot of people that have done that race will say that they struggle with the, the things like the sandbag carry and the ammo tin carries. But for me, that's, um, that's, that's my bread and butter. That's the stuff I like doing. So I actually have down in the, the tracks hidden behind, you know, Loftus and Ingenet. I've got a couple of kettlebells hidden away, really? and I, you know, sort of like just some heavy, <laughs> heavy stuff. And I know where my heavy rocks are to pick up and, and carry. So mid-trail run, um, you know, I know where there's going to be a nice big pile of rocks and I can pick up a rock and, and go for a run with a rock. And so just adding that into the training. Mm. So I know where, you know, so I'm used to all that sort of stuff. Um, You've just confirmed there's something wrong with you. So <laughs> you, you've set up, uh, I believe you set up a bit of a gym at home. Tell us about it. Oh, you know what? This year, um, this year I moved. So I did have um, a good gym set up in the, my backyard. So basically a climbing wall, monkey bars, a rope climb. Um, but at the start of this year, we moved from Loftus up to Ingadine. And part of the move was unfortunately having to dig up all my obstacles in the backyard and I haven't had a chance to rebuild them yet. Um, we had a, had a son this year, earlier in the year, and, and I keep saying, oh, I'm going to build this and build that and do that. And Mrs. is like, oh, you know, but I don't want him running around and headbutting poles and all that. So I've got to wait for him to get a little bit older yeah. and then pretend that I'm actually building it for him. <laughs> no, no, building this, like, you know, awesome, like, you know, kids' playground and then I'll rebuild them all. And, Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, that area later on. I'm interested to see what what it's got. Can I just go back to the Enduro Championships yep. for a sec? So, so 11 point something loop. Yep. How many laps did you manage to get through in 24 this hours? Year, this year I did 15 laps. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so 15 laps. Um, so obstacles. I think it's probably about 400 obstacles um, added up. And 170 odd k's. Yeah, so about 170 odd k's. So they have, um, it's it's you get a special buckle if you hit 100 miles, and so that was 14 laps. So I got the special buckle, and then that that was probably going to be enough. But this year was actually there was uh, three other guys right on my on my tail that were within one lap. Mm. So I went out and I did another lap this year. Had to go and do the 15th lap last year. Um, last year I was actually a lot further in front last year I had lapped the guy coming second um, you know sort of early hours of the morning so I didn't have to do a 15th lap last year so but this year I had to just because it was a lot closer a lot tighter so I didn't really want to but um, yeah so I was actually probably a lot fitter last year as opposed to this year but um, this year I did more just because it was a, a much closer competition. That's what I'm pushing now. Yeah. And so I saw um, I saw some video footage of you at the finish line. You looked actually pretty emotional at the end. Yeah. So so why was this particular race so special? Oh, for you? I think this year this year a lot of things sort of bubbled up into the emotion. So um, in saying that we had had you know had a son just before the race, uh, and this year's been a bit of a tough year. You know, we moved house. Um, my mum's been sick, my mum's had cancer this year and it just, I hadn't had, hadn't done the training that I had done in previous years and going into the race, uh, I actually expected the guy from America to beat me, I didn't expect to win this year, whereas every other year I've done it, I've gone to that race thinking, you know what, like, you know, you know, without saying, seeming arrogant, mm. you know, if you, 
if you don't think you're going to win, you probably won't. And I've gone to the race every other year thinking, you know, I'm going to win this. Yeah. Whereas this year, I didn't think that. This year, I said, I don't know what's going to happen. I haven't done the Ks. I haven't done the miles this year. Mm. And it was more just run on experience this year and, and, and just endurance. So I think that sort of all bubbled up. And I think I was a little bit more emotional this okay. year. And also pushing for that extra lap, having to get that extra lap in yeah. at the end. So that, that made a difference. Oh, mate, it's an amazing achievement. I'm bloody impressed. Now, this obstacle course racing seems to be the fastest growing running-based discipline in the world. So what do you put the popularity down to? Well, I think just, you know, people mix, mixing things up. So, you know, there's people, people like to test themselves in different ways. So you're testing in an obstacle course race. You're testing your upper body strength. You know, you've got a lot of monkey bars, all those upper body stuff. You're definitely testing your running. So running is still probably the, the most important thing, especially in the longer ones. If, you know, if you're going to run a 24-hour race, you need to be able to be able to cover that distance. Um, and, you know, and strength-wise, just the things like the sandbags. It's also, I know, over in America, they're, they're doing a lot of, um, you know, TV stuff. And I think people have seen the Ninja Warrior stuff. And it's just... It's just a different, you know, it's a in just a different sport that, that tests all aspects of your fitness mm. as opposed to, you know, your cardio fitness. It'll, it'll test cardio and it will test strength. So. so so on that, so most runners are notoriously poor at push-ups, yep. chin-ups, etc. We sort of joke about the emaciated Jesus on the cross yep. look being yep. the pinnacle of running fitness. So yep. how do you sort of strike the balance between speed and strength then well it's it's in a run i it'll be very rare for me to just do a run so if i go and i'm out running um if i say i'm running along the fire trail and i get to where the gates are i'll always you know put, jump under the gates and try to do some pull-ups yep. on on the on the gates uh like i said if i you know i've got i'll pick up rocks and i'll pick up logs as I'm running and I'll carry them for a while. I do have the kettlebells hidden in the bush and, you know, we'll pick them up and do a kettlebell workout. And funnily um, enough, no other yeah. runners have picked them up and tried to use well, them. Well, you know what? what's actually <laughs> happened a few years ago is I think some kids, I used to have some, the, where I had them, some kids must have picked them up and I actually found them thrown off into the bush. Um, so they hadn't taken them too far, but they'd thrown them like down into a creek. So yeah, now I actually right. have a little chain around them as well. So. Okay. They're, they're there, but there's actually a little chain. Keep and, an eye out, Wolf. You know, I've got some, you know, I've got some tires hidden down there, so you know, drag the tires up and down the hills, yeah. um, just to build different different sorts of strength. But hmm. um, you know, it just breaks it up, just makes it a little bit different. And you don't need equipment, you don't need gear, you know. So going hmm. for a run and then um, you know find a nice sort of grassy spot, throwing some some squat jumps, some lunges, some push ups, some burpees. Yep. Spartan race in a Spartan race, if you fail an obstacle. The penalty in a Spartan race is 30 burpees. So quite often, I'll okay. you know if I'm doing a run, um, you know I'll, I'll drop down, I'll, I'll bang out some burpees. So just to mix it up a little bit. So I've realised you've got nothing in common, and, and you know how to fuck up a good run. <laughs> well, yeah, it's different. It's different things. So there'll be there'll be some days where you won't do that. Some days you will go out and you'll you'll just run. But, sure, um, sure you do. But yeah, you know. But yeah, if you're going to stop and you're going to do squat jumps and burpees, you'll, you'll find a nice spot to do it. So yeah. if I do the coast track um, and, you know, you're running along the coast track, just after you turn down to Palm Jungle 
And you know, there's that nice lookout just on the right hand side that yeah. looks right right down the coast. There's a perfect ledge there, perfect height ledge for doing box jumps and and you know and step ups and, and and there's also a tree there which is a perfect tree for jumping up and doing some chin ups on. So I, I usually take a piss off that ledge. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's my scenic piss off. Well, you, you, you gotta do that as well. You gotta do that as well. Now, if we had straight jackets, I'd ask for your size. No, no, no. <laughs> That's great. So, can I, can I jump to some listener questions? Yeah. you got a few today, Wolf. I've got a few. They just... I've yeah, got they, a couple too, actually. Yeah. They, yeah. Keep, they keep coming in hot. This one's from P. Hattie. Oh. He wants to know, have you put a video together to, to get on Ninja Warrior? I have. I have. So, um, so the first year in Ninja Warrior, um, I got on. And I trained my ass off and I was ready to go and I ended up falling in the water like straight away. It was it was devastating. I was so gutted. Was it the trials? No, no, this was actual actual T V show. You're on the so show. I was on the show. Did, have yeah. you seen the footage? Yeah, no, I was on the show. Um and I was <laughs> Second people, obstacle. Yeah, I was so gutted and it was just because I'd been training all the obstacles that were the climbing and, and grip strength. So I've been training, training all the climbing obstacles and been training running up the wall to wall. And then I didn't even get there. I like fell off on this pole, this stupid pole swinger um, that I thought would just swing out and it just stopped. And you're just sort of stuck there. You're mid, behind it. Mid, and I'm like, oh, you know, I just, I just expected it to swing. Mm-hmm. You'd actually, you don't get to have a practice on the show. You go out, you do see see the obstacles beforehand, mm. but they put you in a, in a back room and you're just sitting in this back room, um, you know, just waiting and waiting. I was actually the very last person to go oh, on my right. night. So it was 2 a.m. before I went out on there. Yeah, so yeah. we'd been waiting all day. Um, and, you know, 2 a.m., you sort of, your brain's not really functioning mm. either. And, um, and yeah, so I was absolutely gutted. And the last couple of years, I've, I've put in an application, but I haven't gotten back on the show. So, you know, that's that's just the way it is. So that's TV. So, um, you know, I haven't haven't made the cut. So uh, I wanted to get redemption, but wasn't wasn't to be. So. Oh, yeah. oh, well, that makes a lot of sense, like yeah. being tired at 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, I'm incredibly jealous talking to a real-life ninja warrior. Well, but, not, uh, not a very impressive one based on my... But sitting there looking I, at the Lachlan Danzy gun show, I can see why I didn't make the cut either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't made the cut the last three years, so it was a one-off. So. Uh, I've actually got a, uh, yeah. a, a listening question based on that as well. So it's from Kyra95, so I'm guessing... Born in 1995. So I have a modest athletic ability, but I have 6,257 Instagram followers and look sub-elite in Lycra. Also, my neighbor's dog is a bit crook, so I'm reasonably depressed at the moment. Do you think I should apply for Ninja Warrior? Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> definitely. That's a good backstory. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, right. that's, that's one of the things with Ninja Warrior. Is, it, it is, you've got to remember it is a TV show. Hmm. So they're looking... They're looking for a story and they're yeah. looking for characters. Yeah. Um, and it helps, it yeah. helps if you're a millennial. And it does. Oh, yeah, they, they put up, you know, they, they throw in a couple of token oldies as well. Um, <laughs> but it is it is a TV show. Um, I know for 
you know, if you're an Instagram influencer, that's probably, <laughs> that's probably going to help. Yeah. I know, you yeah. know, that is going to, that is going to help. Um, I think that might be one of my issues that I'm not real, not I know, I've, got, I've, got, I've got, got an Instagram and every now put, you know, but I couldn't be really uh, bothered putting in much effort you into wait it. after this guy's life. I'll be like, be whatever. Yeah, yeah, guys yeah. Yeah. Send us the um, abs, hashtag. Yeah, I don't know about that. But I think, um. Is that your handle? What for? Send us the apps. That's awful. I'm just trying to predict his messages. <laughs> there are there are ninja competitions around, mm. and there are some of the athletes that do those and don't get onto the show yeah, is amazing. Right. Yeah. So there are some guys out there that are just doing yeah. superhuman things. Yeah, it would smash. And them. It's, they don't have they don't but, have good enough backstory. But that's it. You know, they don't make it onto the show because it is a TV show. People yeah. um, know that, but. With get, the, go easy on Hattie, just... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, get on there, have a, have a crack. So I tried. <laughs> yeah, so, well, yeah, so I've tried the last few years and haven't, haven't made the cut, so... Oh, good, that makes me feel marginally better. So uh, I've got another listener question. <clears throat> it's from your mate, uh, Ryan Dory. Oh, yeah, yeah, Diamond. He, he wants to know... Do you call him Diamond? I call him Diamond. I call him Diamond something, I won't say what else, but... It starts with diamonds. Diamond bollocks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he wants to know, why Why do you think you're so good at the 24-hour events? Well, I think because I'm a pretty boring guy. And um, I think that, you know, now there's so much going on in the world and, and everyone with ADHD, they can't concentrate for more than, you know, certain hours. And, and I'm pretty slow and dull and boring. And so I've got nothing else to do. Because, <laughs> you know... I'll go out and yeah, I got twenty four hours. I just keep going and Where, you know, what else well, well, that's it. What else? So, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna work out. Well, that's it. That's it. Got that Netflix. So yeah. I know it's like <laughs> I haven't set up my obstacle course. Anymore. I know I haven't got the obstacle course there. So um, <laughs> basically, I haven't got anything else to do. Might as well be out here suffering. as well go out. And, but it is. It is probably. Um, it it is. It, it, you use the, like talking about suffering. It's. It's the way you manage and adapt to the suffering. So it is suffering, but you can, you know, that suffering, you can, you know, you can let it get the better of you or you can just enjoy it. And, and I actually, you know, I like it when I feel shit and okay. terrible and like, you know, but, and it's just, you know, you're going to, if you can get past it, then, then yep. you know, you it's, it's it. that's it. So not, not many people smile when they say, I yeah. like the suffering. I think if, if we had a video on that, that was a yeah. pretty yeah. big grin. Yeah, it's it? a big grin. I, <laughs> I like the suffering. Well, it's, it's, it you makes just, you, know, you just embrace it. It makes you feel alive. Yeah. You, know, you get that. It, you know, makes you feel. Yes, makes you feel something. I don't. I don't think I've seen that since Steve Redfern. The, yeah, the he Steve likes Redfern interview and yeah. and Pat Farmer's another one that there's people that, that like the suffering, embrace yeah. the suffering. We've had a few masochists. So, like, I get that psychology. What, what about physically? Do you think there's something about you physically that, that makes the 24-hour stuff better? Or? I think being um, doing a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. and I think in terms of, um, of training that I probably do more so than, than others, which has helped me, is probably really high reps. So if I'm doing a workout, um, I know when people have come and done my classes – Sometimes they complain because I put up a hundred squats mm-hmm. as part of the workout. Where it's like, well, why are we doing like you know? We do twenty squats in us, and like, no, no, this is a set of a hundred squats and, and Lisa, that sort of stuff. Has Lisa and Sarah ever complained about the class? Um, 
I don't think they have, no. No, well, you know, they have, so, they have a team like, of your classes. They have, yeah, yeah, but you know, so, they're like a whinge. But um, you know, I, well, if they do, I usually tune out because everyone's, oh, you know, having a go, and they're, they're all like whinge stuff. So I just, I just ignore so, it, yeah. and then you know, I just 30, and then 30 I, burpees, and then I hear thirty burpees, and then when people are whinging, <laughs> I then get out the whiteboard marker and I put times two at the bottom. So we're going to do it again. Simple, so, you know. Simple. Um, but really high, high reps, high reps, and, and a lot of muscular endurance stuff. So mm. I think that. You know, whereas people will go out and do longer runs than me, mm. um, you know, because I've been, I think there's like a, a muscular endurance there that that really helps with, mm. and you know, keeping the injuries at bay, keeping keeping that sort of stuff at bay helps yeah. that all, that all as well. And, and so, within a normal training week, how much trail running do you actually do then? Um, well, again, this year has been very different. So mm. last year, last year I was a lot um, fitter. And this year has been, you know, not as good. I, I like I said, I think I won the twenty-four hour race based on experience. Um, and this year, it, just with a lot going on, hmm. it, it ranges probably twenty to fifty k's. Hmm. Whereas last year, um, you know, last year I'd be doing up to a hundred k's a week. Okay. Um, it's just you know, it's what you got time for as well. And yeah. you know, we got you know, busy lives and I don't know so. You guys are both, you know, you, you, you got kids, you know what it's like. So having a having a, a newborn at home now just changes things around. And so it's what have we got time for. So coming home, um, you know, last year, talking about 2018, come home from work, we'll pretty much go straight for a run or go straight to the gym. Whereas this year, come home from work and if I've been on night shift, you know, okay, well, we'll take, take the sun out for a walk and, and you know, so very very Priorities different issues. So, um, but still try to get in as much as much as we can, yeah. and it will also depend on on what we're training for. So, a couple of weeks ago when we had the Spartan Bright race, um, tried to get in a lot of runs for that, mm. but probably more so was training for the F forty five. So that was just at home push ups and chin ups, but running through that you know a couple of times a day. So it's at home. Bang, drop down, do as many push-ups as we can do, go out on the chin-up bar, do as many chin-up bar, chin-ups as we can do. Mm. And, you know, that doesn't take any time. So um, in terms of how many miles, I don't know no, no. but it changes. And I guess it's less important for that sort of racing. Yeah, yeah. So definitely it's... Um, and if I was going to do, you know, if I was going to travel overseas and, and do a race again overseas, definitely would be looking to up the miles, mm. but... Um, it's, it is what it is. It is what it is. And, and so you're talking about your some matchup with Brendan Davies for your first obstacle yeah, course yeah, race. That was, a, so, that was a good ten years plus ago. Yeah, so. yeah. But but how important do you think the running speed versus the obstacle sort of efficiency is as far as being uh, you know top of the pops? Probably it is depending on the race will depend on on the efficiency. So in the 24 hour World Championship race. It's not so much running or obstacles. What it is, it's trying to maintain that consistent level and not mm. gas yourself on one thing. So not go too hard on the run, mm. not you know hurt yourself on any of the obstacles. So it's a combination of both. Um, the Spartan Ultra Race, which was uh, two weeks ago, where you're running up Mystic Mountain in Bright, mm. the running's probably more important there because... Really, in that race, the biggest obstacle was the Mystic Mountain. Yeah, yeah. We're going up that five times, mm. and if you haven't got, 
you know, a bit of running in your legs, then that's what's going to crush you. The obstacles, you know, you'll find them a breeze. They'll be the easiest part of that race. Mm. Whereas there's another race where I did um, about uh, about a month ago called Raw Challenge. That was an obstacle race up on the central coast, whereas that's a lot more obstacle intense. So the running there is not as important. That there is a lot more upper body strength. There's a lot more monkey bars. There's a lot more walls. Um, in the Spartan race, so didn't fail any obstacles in their ultra race, but at the Raw Challenge, that, that race up on the central coast, those I failed a couple of different things. And mm. so um, they had the burpee penalty as well on that. So different races mm. will have you know different different needs where it'll be more running or more, more strength work. Okay. So, so being a good distance runner and trail runner, yep. obviously... A course that has more running in it will fall into your favour. Definitely, definitely. But the other thing is, is probably being able to adapt from going straight from an obstacle to running. So mm. it's all well and good to be an amazing runner, um, and then people have actually won races without being able to do any obstacles at all. But what they've done well is they've been able to bang out the penalties. Okay, I fail <laughs> this obstacle, but I can do thirty burpees and I can keep running. So if you can run and you can do 30 burpees without gassing yourself, then you'll be able to, you know, compete with the top guys as well. Um, can you seriously stand on the podium and take that medal after doing that, though? Like, it's, it's rare that you're going to actually get onto the podium, but you can definitely make the top 10 from doing that. Okay. Um, and, and there's been changes in the races. There's, say, in the, in the Spartan race, the sandbag carry... Is, is a, most of the races actually mm. something like a sandbag carry is a mandatory obstacle right. so you can't fail that obstacle it's not like a, a rope climb where you just can't get to the top of the rope or monkey bars where you're going to fall off the monkey bars and you can't cross them mm-hmm. everyone can complete a sandbag carry so it's not an obstacle where you can fail no and then do burpees you have to do that mm-hmm. so there is still needs to be a little bit of um, you know a, a little bit of Competence at, at doing more than running, so yep. a little bit of cross training to get there. Yeah, okay. A pure runner, pure runner without any sort of you know upper body strength at all, mm. any sort of ability to you know bang out burpees to do you know chin ups, they will struggle in that the penalties going back into the run. They won't be able to get that running speed back. Yeah. They won't be able to find their their consistent pace again. Mm. So it's good that you got sandbags in your race because we, you know, we have the running matters uh, handicap and we've got plenty of sandbaggers. In I, that. I was, was going to ask you, Wolf, what what weight do you reckon Tall Paul and Danny Tool are carrying around with them for the the sandbag? Yeah, so they've got fifteen kilos on their back. Yeah, for the race? yeah, I, re- I reckon DT twenty <laughs> and uh, Tall Paul, you know, ten to fifteen, <laughs> but. Um, I've got. Can we go to another listener question? This one's from uh, Strava Matt. He wants to know um, if if it was just twenty four hours of running without the obstacles, yep. how many k's do you think you can do? I probably. Um, I say I'm boring. I say like I, my key is that I can keep going, but I don't think I could do twenty four hours without losing my complete. Hmm. I, I need the obstacles to, to break things up to make it a bit more interesting. That's not the question, Michael. I, I actually, I don't know. Let's, I don't know. Probably not much many more. 
Probably but, not too many. But you've, you've done 170 Ks yeah. in, in 24. With yeah. 400 odd obstacles. With, yeah, 400. Ta- so take away those obstacles. Just imagine the course, same yeah. course, but running through yeah, the so obstacles. I don't, I don't know if it would be that many more because um, part, of, part of doing those, those obstacles is, is it breaks it up. It keeps you interesting. It keeps, gives you a pace. Mm. Um, and so if I was not doing the obstacles... You know the, the the hip flexors would start to go. I think you know the the calves would start to cramp. You're moving your body in different ways, and that sort of keeps you fresh. It keeps your body. I mean, it doesn't keep you fresh. That's not the right word, but it keeps, keeps you it fresh. varied. Keeps it varied, yeah. and that keeping it varied, you know, keeps it interesting. And mm-hmm. that, that's, that's I don't know. That's I'll, a, I'll say two hundred kilometers. Thank so you. Just as, oh, a, thank as a number. You. Yeah, thank you. Because <laughs> yeah. that was such a shit answer. I know. Okay. okay. <laughs> That was alright. Uh, you know, uh, next twenty-four hours, I do. I'm going to do some burpees and push-ups yeah. and stuff. See and, if you can do yeah. longer. Yeah. Well, I'm never going to do a twenty-four hour race. So. No. Uh, never say never. No. Okay. Never all right. I won't. I'll say it after the show. Um, I've, I've seen a few clips of these obstacle races, and they seem to have an obsession with electric shocking the athletes. Uh, so, yeah. how dangerous is this practice really? Like, well, that's um, that electric shocking. That's that's from the Tough Mudder race. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's not really the races that I do. So, um, so the electric shock is in, in races where it's sort of, I guess they're, um, aimed at, you know, people that, you know, working, I don't know, in an office, whatever, need to just get out on the weekend and just let, let off some steam. Um, those, those obstacle races, so like that Tough Mudder, they throw in the electric shock, they'll throw in like some, some ice. It's, it's entertainment value. It's, it? Exactly. Smoke, so, smoke and yeah. So it's not really, you, you don't see in the, in the competitive races, you won't see the electric shocks. Yeah. Um, the only one that I have done it in was in the world's toughest mudder. So toughest mudder mm. um, that does the electric shock, I've, I've done their world championship um and that was that was in that event mm. but i think they may have actually in their events now i think they take out most of that electric shock well i did the australia australia's toughest mudder last year mm. which was the tough mudder australian championship and we didn't have an electric shock in that it was just basically um you know for the people that ran the the regular waves during the day Mm. And, so and again, it's that just you know that entertainment value that I'm you know I've come out on the weekend. This isn't something that I normally do. Mm. Um, you know I'm here to you know to, to smash my body up. So what can you do? Shock me and and that I do know. I think in America there was um, you know they've had someone. I mean they have like probably a million people do it a year over there, and I think they had one person. Uh, you know, get a heart attack, but yeah, right. obviously it was massive news and massive media. Hmm. But you know, as a percentage, I, I think it's it's dialed down pretty low. Okay. Um, but yeah, in the races that I do, in the competitive races, they don't have that sort of stuff. Okay. Yeah. When I used to go to the Hellfire Club, there were just small shocks on the chocolate world. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, yeah. if you're, you're revealing a lot here, mate. I was going to ask about how you train for such a thing and, and whether Lachlan has a couple of D batteries out in the bush to just put his tongue on yeah, halfway through yeah, a run. Yeah, can do that. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually yeah. got band-aids on my nipples oh, now. I was wondering what they were from. I thought they were running. Obviously <laughs> not. I'm going to put my shirt back on. But, it, mate, in all seriousness, like, not the shock stuff, but things like the ice and fire and all that yeah, sort of business, yeah. like... 
do you, do you train to simulate these conditions? No, look, the things like fire jumps, that's like at the very end of the race, there's like a low fire and it's just, they're, right. they're, they're not the main things that you would train for. All okay. of those things like, yeah, fire jumps. The ice bucket, they did have um, an, at the raw challenge, they have a, you know, you've got to go through a, a skip bin of ice, mm-hmm. but that's actually, when you're racing, you're yeah. actually looking forward you to that. that. So, you know, especially on the hot days, yeah. you get that, it cools you down, you sort of, you know, you're straight into it. So um, I think when, in the early days, when the obstacle course races were first coming out, especially uh, with the tough mutter and that being, okay, this is, you know, come on out and, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to shock you, we're going to mm-hmm. freeze you, we're going to roast you, um, that appealed to a certain type of people, yeah. but yeah. now it's become more of a sport. It's yeah. become more competitive. Mm. There's prize money. There's organised races. That stuff. It, it does. They still have it in some of the races, yeah. but in the um, in any of the championship races, any of the competitive races, it's it doesn't doesn't happen. So those are the kind of races that we call egg and spoon races yeah, in yeah, the industry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. you get a lot of people turning up and then realizing. Oh, you've got to exercise. They're not just yeah, doing yeah, the shots. Yeah. So, and what, what's your take on that? I guess that rise of commercialisation within obstacle racing, like, um, it's. I mean, there's every time you, the Spartan race comes. Oh, we're trying to. They, they've standardised all their obstacles now over all their races, and they keep saying, "Oh, we're trying to get it into the Olympics and and do that." And and I think one day, you know, who knows? Mm. But um, it's a long way off. Mm. Um. But um, in terms of, you know, commercialisation, it's I, – I, I I'm, I'm pretty shallow. I, I do the races that have prize money on them. People say, oh, why don't you go do this race? Why don't you do that race? Mm. And I was like, well, you know, I'm going to go and do the races where I can make some money. Well, and that's probably, you know, I know in terms of trail running, um, like in the past I've done the Ultra Trail Australia, I've done the Coast Classic, I've done trail runs – but as I was saying to you earlier on, as we were talking before on the on the um, interview, mm. we I, I work every Saturday morning. I teach classes at the gym, and if I'm going to get those classes covered, mm. and I'm going to get you know take time off. Um, I'm going to do it for a race that has prize money. So the commercialization, the big you know, they're the ones putting the prize money up. So for me, um, for me, it's good. It's brought a lot of other guys, competitive guys, into it. Mm. It's actually brought quite a lot of trail runners into it. So there's a couple of um, there's a guy up, um, you know, in Queensland, really good trail runner that started doing the races a year or two ago. Um, there's you know you, you'll see that you know people coming into it because of that prize money, and and that wouldn't happen if it wasn't for the big commercialization of it. So. Yeah, of course. No, no, it's got to be a good thing. And, and so on that note of sort of standardization of these courses, like, do you think that's a good thing or would you prefer to see like some variation and surprise and that kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, personally for me, I prefer the surprise. Um, I like coming around um, and in the past, I know as, as an example, going around and the first time they had um, in a Spartan race, they had, had to pick up a 60 kilo dead ball. And I remember coming around and I had a guy that was actually in front of me. He was about 20 kilos lighter than me, a lot faster runner, but he could not pick that ball up. He was trying and, and you know, he hadn't trained for it. It was a total surprise. None of us mm-hmm. knew this was going to be one of the obstacles. Um, and so 
being able to adapt to that, to, to be able to pick up a 60-kilo ball and, mm-hmm. and be able to run around a certain loop, I, I like that. And coming into a different climbing obstacle that you haven't seen, that you haven't been able to practice for, you've got to learn to adapt to it. Mm-hmm. I personally like that, but at the same time, I understand why the races are standardising the obstacles. And in terms of standardising, the big company that is standardising them is the Spartan Race. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, you know, it used to be um, the climbing obstacle. You may have they had this thing called the Fortress where it was had this sort of climb over backwards, but they've taken that out because it's not in keeping with the American, um, you know, standards. You used to have heavier sandbags and now the sandbags are always the same weight because... Can I take you... We were chatting um, prior to the show and you, you mentioned that... Um down at Bright yep. at the uh, Spartan Ultra last year, they had two sandbags. Yeah, so last last year I didn't actually do the ultra last year, but I know that last year the percentage of people that failed to complete the course in the cutoff time was was huge. Eighty um, percent. I think that it was. A, I, I'm trying to think the exact numbers. I know. I, I think it may have been a hundred percent of females. I don't think a single lady. Uh, finished the course in the, I think it was a 12-hour cutoff last year and a 14-hour cutoff this year. They had to carry a sandbag through a whole bunch of obstacles. There was a whole bunch of different stuff. And then this year, because partly because they're standardising the obstacles and also because uh, Paul, the race director, had got a tap on the shoulder from head office in the US saying, look, we you need know, more ladies we need finishing. More, we need people to finish this course. So yeah. he backed it off a little bit. Were you year. saying last year that it was so hard that it was a qualifier but no one qualified? Well, yeah, I think there, a couple of the blokes qualified but they didn't go overseas, but I don't think any of the females qualified for the World Championships last year. Because um, it was too hard. Because it was too hard. Um, this year, the cutoff was, I think, 14 hours. Um Again, you've still got the big obstacle of Mystic Mountain. That's the biggest obstacle in that race. But the actual sandbag carry, it was um, it was like a, a pancake sandbag, which uh, somewhere around the 15 to, I don't know, 20 kilo mark. I think it's, I don't know, probably closer to 15 kilos. Hmm. And it, you didn't have to carry it up the mountain. It was like a little single track that was pretty flat. You had to step over a couple of trees and stuff, but... I would have loved to have seen, okay, there's Mystic Mountain, you've got to carry the sandbag up the top and yeah, down the bottom. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't have minded doing that. Mm. That's um, the fireman in, in you, isn't well, it? Well, it's, it's just, it's, it makes it, um, it one, one thing it does is for the trail runners that come into it, mm-hmm. um, it, it tests those guys and, and it brings out, okay, you're an awesome runner, mm-hmm. but have you done the other stuff as well? Well, half the guys um, we run with run with sandbags all the time, so yeah, that'd yeah. be fine. Brendan, Brendan would struggle with that. That's half his, half his body weight. Uh, talking about Brendan, we used to do... Um, talking about upper body strength. So I did a couple of adventure races with Brendan um, years ago. And it was always funny talking about upper body strength because he would smash me on the run leg. He'd be like kicking my ass, coming like, hurry up. Um, and then on the bike leg, he had those little skinny legs and he just couldn't push a, a push bike. He was terrible. <laughs> but the funniest part was when we did the, the boat. Kind. So have you ever done the, um, the, the Royal National Park, yeah, yeah. those rowboats down there? So it's that Royal, um, the Max Adventure race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember um, trying to row 
one all with Brendan, and he's got these little skinny arms, and he's. I'm like, we, you know, we're going around in circles, so I just had to have him sit up the front, and I would row, and it was like, you know, it was like rowing. Was he like, doing that? No, <laughs> he was just there like, a, you know, sunbaking. Oh, I he was there chilling him, out. A little picnic basket. Yeah, exactly. Sandwiches. And it's like one of those romantic comedies where the, 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 the girl's sitting up the end with a big hat, and, you know, the bloke's there rowing around, so... Um, <laughs> So, oh, sorry, so, Brennan. That's yeah, quite yeah, an that's image. Right. That's so quite an gotta, image. You've got to have a, have a go. So, should we talk about the fiery stuff for a while? Yeah. So, so how much time do you actually get to train while on the job as a fiery? It, you know, it, it totally depends. So um, so the last few weeks has been very little. So mm-hmm. it's been, um, you know, long, you know, we've been really busy, but yeah. there are times when, when you're not busy. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, we work 24-hour shifts, so we start at 7 a.m., work till 7 a.m. the next day. Usually where I am, um, I, I work in the inner west, so I, I actually go in um, usually an hour before work, usually drive in pretty early just to avoid the traffic. I might Sometimes I'll do the, the bay run, um, but we you know, or go into the gym early before we actually, before the other crew leave and try to get a workout in. Um, but it's again, it's one of those things that, if you go out and you, you know, you smash yourself and you do it like, I know, you know, oh, let's do the beat test, let's see what we can do. You know, you, you'll get to the end of the beat test and then the bells will go. That's the worst thing. So when you train at the fire station, you never really train as intensely hmm. as you will when you're not at the fire station. You've got time to train. You've got um, a gym which you can train in, but it's different type of training. It's, it's just, it's, you know. It's just keeping the legs ticking over, passing yeah. passing time. So, um, yeah. uh, so you know, I'll do do my squats, you know, do my lunges, get on the spin bike, but I'll never actually train the way I would. You'll you'll be you know you gas yourself and then all can't, of a sudden can't get up the ladder. Oh my god, the bells are gone. I'm going yeah. into a house fire, and yeah. you know, and I've absolutely you know you you can't do that. So no. you've got to be always ready to go out and then you mm. know do something else. So okay, it's interesting. So. Yeah. Yeah, you get time to train and, and, you know, all the fire stations have, but different, you know, different times of the year will be busier than other times, so, mm-hmm. yeah. You're getting paid when you do the calendars? <laughs> well, you know, I like this, like, I'm, I'm too, you know, I'm too skinny. I'm sitting in a room with, with two runners here, so you guys think I'm like, you know, whatever, but when you do, when you're in a room with firefighters, I'm like the skinny, tiny guy. I'm like the trail runner guy. I'm yeah. like the Brendan Davies of the... Of, you know, of the fire room. So um, these guys are, you know, the big bulky bodybuilders. So there's no calendar for me. I've, so. I've got a question. I'm not a question boy. about calendars here, actually. So this is from Styx. So I can only imagine what Styx looks like. But uh, th- So the fires have been known to raise money for different causes by producing semi-clad calendars of their finest specimens. Do you feel there's a market for semi-clad trail runners in calendar form? I reckon people are calling out for more exposed ribs and strange tan lines. I think so, but I think one of the key things that Sticks needs to remember is you've got to have a puppy in the shop, okay? <laughs> you've got to have a puppy. It feels so like Sticks might so be more of a cat guy. A cat, oh. Cat's all right, but it's got to be a little kitten or something. So if he's got a kitten, that's all right. A puppy, that's all right. Mm. But, you know, so and it's and it's the way you hold that, that kitten or yeah. puppy. So it, I, think, I think, you know, what it is, it's also, um, you know, appealing to that sense of, of, of goodness of, you know, serving the community. So, you know, when they have the firefighters calendar, they, they'll have, have them rescuing the kid out of a tree or something. So I think for, um, 
for, for the trail running calendar and, and for sticks and maybe if he goes out running then you know he sees like a I don't know an echidna on a trail then you know like uh, that little you know well, he's looking good. longingly cat, cat in a tree exactly exactly that's, that's perfect I reckon there's uh, there's room for a men of nor car- uh, calendar what do you reckon I don't reckon you haven't got your pose worked out already <laughs> in your mind no. there Wolf <laughs> band-aids over the nipples yeah nice it's a good look Mate, I, I treat a few fires at work, and I reckon there's a few that would struggle pretty hard in the middle of a Spartan race. Um, is there a minimum fitness requirement you guys have to maintain? Um, there's, there is. We do have a fitness test um, that we do. It's got to, you know, um, you know, carry some. I don't know. It's you got to carry some hoses. You got to run up and down. It's you don't even it's, count it. Down. It's, it's in all honesty, it's pretty it, basic. You do it before work. It's, it's not. There is a fitness test that we have to do, um, but I don't know. I don't. That's not too too intense. I, but you know, it's designed obviously for um, for people to be able to make sure they're fit to do the job. Um, and it's like you know, in in any job, in any profession, there are going to be people that you know find that easy, and some people will find it harder. Yeah, um, and you know, people are at different stages of life, and people got different injuries and. Um, you know, people train differently. So there is a fitness test, but I don't know, it's pretty... You're yeah, going above and beyond. It's pretty basic. Yeah, right <laughs> so. I've, I've got a little uh, question that might hark back to your your earlier exercise sort of routines, but there's a bit of a saying in physio and chiro circles that CrossFit is good for business. Yeah. Um, so do you think CrossFit gets a bit of a bad rap as far as injury is concerned, or do you think there's something inherently sort of damaging about that practice i think when you do the thing with crossfit is that um it depends you've got to have if you go and have a, a good coach it's going to make all the difference if you go into a crossfit gym and you've never done a deadlift before and you see that the workout of the day is 20 deadlifts at 100 kilos mm. and you think right and you put 100 kilos on the ball at the bar and you're having a crack and and you know doing that then you're going to get injured but if you're going to somewhere where it's got a good coach they're going to say okay look you're not going to do 100 kilos today. You're going to build your form. You're going to get your technique correct. And then you can do that workout. We're going to scale that workout. So I think that with CrossFit, um, it probably does get a bad rap. Mm. But, you know, it's always going to be one or two people that have injured themselves that are going to be more vocal yeah. than, than others. You know, it's like the um, the silent majority mm-hmm. is, you know, probably for CrossFit, it's a great training regime whereas the unsilent minority that that have gone and have jumped in too early and have tried to go too hard yeah they're going to get injured and yep. you know so i know for me if i go in and do crossfit i'm not going to do snatch i know because i haven't got the time to hmm. i haven't worked on my snatch technique that olympic lifting um i know if i try and do like a heavy snatch i'm gonna you know i'm gonna do something yep. wrong so it's just you know you've got to like anything you've got to scale things you've got to know your limits and um and you know it's it's definitely got its place, mm-hmm. um, but I think it probably gets more of a bad rap than it should. Yep. But again, that bad rap is probably because of the unsilent minority as yeah, opposed yeah. to the silent majority. Yeah, I agree with that totally. Building it up slowly, you can do yeah, anything. Yeah, so. So. And, and do you have some uh, some coaching yourself? Like, does someone look after your stuff? Um, at the moment, not really. Um, my coach at the moment is my dog, Rocky. <laughs> he's my running coach. Uh, he's the one sympathetic, sympathetic. Not really. <laughs> uh, I guess the shits within the last two weeks because after Bright, I haven't done much running. So 
you know, I get up in the morning, he's there ready to go, and I'm like, oh, I'm not going off a run today, so he's not too happy with me at the moment, but um, <laughs> uh, over the years, you know, I've, I've gone to, you know, done different, you know, been CrossFit gyms, and, you know, but generally I do my own mm-hmm. sort of stuff, and I don't really have any program I, um, that I stick to, it's just depending on what, what I've got coming up, we'll try to just tailor my training towards that, so. Okay. Um, yeah, was, I've been working a little bit with a, a guy um, called Ray. He's a, he's actually a CrossFit coach, doing a little bit of obstacle sort of programming and that sort of stuff. Uh, but again, nothing too, too structured. structured. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I've got one more listener question. This is uh, from Johnny Mack. So, your existence of fighting fires and obstacle racing seems a little risky, in my opinion. Any chance of tempting you back to the high-flying world of corporate taxation? Oh, corporate taxation, that's the real risk, you know. There's all, all, all the stuff going on, everything in the media now, it's all like danger in those jobs. So uh, I think for me it's more dangerous doing the, the corporate the corporate tax well because of the, the fluorescent lights. I think they just yeah, seem yeah. to suck the, um, you know, <laughs> suck, suck, the, life suck the life out of me. So yeah. I think that's like the danger. All right. For me, so... Um, so either move to LEDs or get into obstacle racing. Yeah, I want all the other, but... Um, <laughs> that's yeah. why J-Mac gets outside a bit at lunchtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, got yeah. the right idea. Keeps his head yeah, in the game. No, it's all good. It's sort of... Um, I think that... That's a I don't think I'll, I'll ever go back to, to doing that that again. I still teach accounting. I work... Um, I've got a part-time job at um, Wollongong Uni. Mm. And so during the university semester, um, I tutor like accounting um you know so I want to have it I want to use my uni degree for something so I don't use it for you know all those years of reading tax legislation and accounting textbooks and you know I feel like okay I still do this part-time job it's only a couple of hours a week during the during the semester uni semester but it just makes me feel like that that piece of paper that it spent was, so many years it was worth it. it's like you know using it for something so <laughs> good. it was worth it I've got a, a couple of important questions the first one are you going to have that beer you have that beer I'm, I'm, not, I'm still I'm, I'm, see the problem is with me talking it's like I'm, I'm still resting on this first beer oh, so I've been talking too much so it's going to get warm I know you haven't I'm, I've got to stop talking and start drinking no. so <laughs> that's great you but one will do me, as I say, I do have to go and uh, do like a little bit of a yoga class. And I don't want to be too limber. Too zen. I don't know, want to be too zen. zen. you got to have a, a zen is good, but not too zen. So. Yeah, agreed. All right. So the other, the other question was, can you, can you roll out some running PBs? Oh. And I know it's not your thing, but maybe, maybe a 5K, yeah. a 10K, half um, I think for running PBs, so... Um, where I, I know that um, probably the last, I'm trying to think of the last time I saw you might have been at the um, the Sutherland uh, cross district cross, cross country. country club. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I recall you passing me. No, I, I'm trying to like in terms of actual PBs. My marathon, I remember um, two hours and fifty nine minutes. Nice. Um, I just remember I've got to want to get that three hour and so I've got a like a sub three hour Um, so that's the only one I know off the top of my head that's two hours and 59 minutes there's a couple of people tearing up there I don't want to mention any names Hamo and uh, Uh, B-Rad so so in terms of um, of things like half marathon 
I think that the Lady Carrington half marathon, probably maybe three years ago, maybe it was my best, probably about 80, oh, 80. I haven't gone under 80 minutes, I know that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that when I did the half marathon at, I think it was a Sri Chimnoy Bay Run, so very, very flat and very, very fast, and I don't often run on, you know, so not a trail run, but mm-hmm. um, I actually don't, you know, don't, probably most of the people listening to, to you guys don't like those flat runs, yeah. but yeah. I think I may have gone under 80 minutes there, but I know in the regular trail runs on the Lady Carrington, I'm trying to think would have been the last half marathon that I've done, and I know I haven't gone under 80 minutes there. Um, 10Ks, my best, probably... I don't think, again, 36 minutes, I'm thinking. Like, these are just trying to think that I know, like, I haven't gone under 35. So, and I remember trying to get under 35, but not doing it. You shouldn't have taken the sandbag around with you then. Well, that's true, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Was I know, it the pancake huh? sandbag? That you oh, I think that was the one with handles. <laughs> and again, oh, with, with PBs, I know what I haven't done. Because I know that, okay, I want to get that, and I haven't got that. And I know Sutherland, the surf... I know I haven't done under 40 minutes. Um, I know, like, oh, you know, I'm going to get 40 minutes. And then I remember I didn't get it, bugger, you know. So mm-hmm. um, so I know I haven't done under 40 minutes on that. Um, 5Ks, I very rarely would run 5Ks. The only time I do 5Ks is probably at that, um, the Sutherland Athletics Club, when mm-hmm. I've done, like, four or five classes in the morning. I'm too lazy to do the, the 10K, or they're not running a 10K, so... Um, the 5k maybe 17 18 minutes is um, the one PB I do know all right and this is because this is going back over 20 years ago I held the 800 meter record at Cronulla High School for a couple of years <laughs> so I know it was like two minutes and three seconds or something like it was something but that again that was like 20 something years ago and so and Back in the day. And that wasn't again. <laughs> I know I never ran under two minutes for that, but so I know I had a, had a record there for a couple of years. It's but, moving. Yeah. Moving. A sure. long time ago. Mate, fantastic. It's been great chatting with you. And so if the girls want to, I mean, if people want to find you on uh, socials, where, 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 where do they look you up? Uh, I do have Instagram, Facebook, but um, I think it's just Lachlan Danzy. Again, I'm no influencer. Not yet. Uh, Not all, yet. all I ever put on Instagram. The only thing I really put on Instagram is every now and then um, I do a class on a Monday night, and sometimes when I do the class, people say, "Oh, yeah, that was a really good workout. Uh, can I take a photo?" And I say, "Oh, look, I'll take a photo. I'll put it on Instagram." So sometimes on Instagram, I put up a workout that we've done in a class. Um, yeah, so Lachlan Danzy. I guess at hashtag, I don't know what it is. So, we don't know. I started a Facebook page of Lachlan Danzy something years ago when I when I had a sponsor, but it was just too much effort. They wanted me to take a photo of everything and mm-hmm. I couldn't, you know, I'm not going to stop and spend 10 minutes to set up a camera and then try to get a perfect running shot. And it's and tough way holding to. You know, exactly. Well, right? just, you know, so the whole, the whole social media, um, I'm on it, but... I don't know, there's probably not too much on Strava? You on Strava? Um, again, I think, you know what, I probably set it up. I think I, I set it up, but I never use it. So I'm not much of a... Influencer. I'm not much of an influencer. 
you know. No, so that's fine. I respect I'm, you for it. I'm, 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 you know, I've tried. I've had a go. <laughs> yeah. I've had a go. That's all you can do. It's just not my thing. Yeah. No, that's no. good. Mate, great chat. Good. Thanks for giving up your time. And, uh, and if we can remind the listeners to subscribe or follow us, that'd be great. And, uh, mate, look forward to uh, seeing you out there running soon. Yeah, excellent. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. No worries. Well, thanks, mate. No worries. No worries.